I'm Sherry Dunleavy, your inspirationista, host, and a grieving mom. Welcome to the Grief Anonymous podcast. Grief is a journey, and I'm 20 years into mine. No matter where you are in yours, I hope you'll join me as I provide you with information, tools, and experts to help guide you through the darkness of death into the light of living. Help is on the way. Today we're going to be talking about grief and kids. This is one of the topics that I do workshops about in schools uh, with teachers and, and uh, school administrators and staff because so many times we have grieving children in the classroom and we either A, don't know about it, or B, we don't recognize it. A lot of times we see grief as something that's crying, but a lot of times people, and especially children, have their game face on. So what do kids need as they're grieving, and what do they want adults to know about? Well, I brought an expert in for this edition of the Grief Anonymous podcast. His name is Bryce, Bryce Fields. Now, why did I bring Bryce on? Because he wrote a book that will help adults, help children who are grieving. So I want to welcome Bryce and his grandfather, his papa, um, Bradley, to the podcast today. Hi, Bryce. How are you? Good. I'm really good. Are you? Wonderful. That's good to hear. So tell us a little bit about your story. Why is, how old are you? I'm 10. You're 10. Okay. So why is a 10 year old, why does he know so much about grief? Because uh, my little sister passed away when I was six and she was four and she liked to help people. So I just wanted to carry on her legacy. Oh, that's very sweet. So tell me, how did you feel after your sister passed away? I was very sad and I didn't really feel well to do anything. I just, I would like pl go play with my Legos instead of trying to talk to people. Did you cry a lot? Yes, I did. At the, do you still cry a lot at age 10? Uh, not really, no. No. It's like only it only happens at nighttime, but that's kind of rare too. So yeah, that's one of the. So tell us the name of your book first of all. It's what this kid wants adults to know about grief. Okay, wonderful. So what does this kid want adults to know about grief? I want them to know that you should try and ex get your kid to their express their feelings and be there to help them whenever they're griefing. Whenever they're Maybe. grieving. Okay. So you just said something earlier that made me think. You said it's worse at night. Why do you think it's worse at night? Because you're thinking more. You're not, as, you're not thinking as much as you are during the day. And you don't have anything to do but go to sleep. So then you start thinking of things of what you're going to do tomorrow, something like that. And that's what happens. And so do you start thinking about your sister and how you miss her? Yes. You mentioned something else, too, that I thought was interesting. You said sometimes when you feel like crying, you don't cry because you don't want the adults around you to feel bad. Explain that. Because, uh, like, to me, whenever my adults cry, because it seems like it's because of me, it makes me feel bad because I made them cry, and I don't like to make people cry. 
but you realize you're not making them cry, right? Yes. Yeah, but how did you come to that? With it, did your did your papa help you with that? Um, no. We can no? kind of talk about it. Whereas, you know, just kind of giving him the the freedom to express himself. Mm-hmm. You know, like giving him the the space to feel and talk how he wants to. I remember him. He was telling us about that, especially when the adults cry. That kind of adds extra weight to the kid, mm-hmm. right? And so. Um, we didn't want him to feel like he was making us sad, but we also wanted him to be able to tell us um, how he was feeling, when he was feeling it. And if he needed to cry, you know, because I remember he told us one time, if I'm crying in front of you, that's saying I need your help. If I'm kind of crying alone in my room or something like that, that's me saying I want to figure it out on my own, right? Wow, that's so that kind of thing. So as we started dealing with that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of just gave him the space to grieve in his own way. And so you picked up on that, but but I mean, you having the conversation. So many people are afraid to have these conversations. Why did you think that it was so important to have this kind of conversation, Bradley? Yeah, I, I think you know because. He's grieving his own way. We all miss a lot. And we're all on our own grief journeys going in the same direction towards healing, right? Mm -hmm. But he has his own journey. So he should have something to say about that. And, you know, with that in mind, it's like, you know, he loves to talk. So we just kind of just let him express himself and say what he wants to say and feel how he wants to feel because he would bring up different things that we didn't even ask about, but he just felt he needed to say something about it. And I think the biggest thing was just giving him that safe space to be able to feel like he could say those things, even if it was something we might not agree with, or even if it was something that may hurt our feelings or may even make us feel a certain kind of way, at least he had that freedom to talk about it. So adults need to know that they need that kind of freedom. Right, right. I mean, because I remember one thing, and I don't know if it, I mean, it became a big part of the book, actually, not a big part, but a part that a lot of adults were mentioning to me about the book was the thing he just brought up one day. We were sitting in the house, and he brought up that he doesn't like going to the cemetery a lot. Yeah, I wanted to talk to him about that. But, you know, but what were you saying that day? You were saying that you you don't like to go, but because you're young, you can't be left at the house. Yeah, like, whenever we go to the cemetery, y'all, I can't stay home, and I have to go. And sometimes I don't like to go, because when I go all the time, it makes it feel like it's not special anymore. You know what? I have to say that I agree with you. I don't like to go to the the cemetery either. Um, I I, Sometimes it makes me even more sad than what I want to be. Um, and I think being a person of faith, I know where my son's soul is. So I really don't want to spend a lot of time in the place where, you know, he's lying, but I don't find comfort in that, but, and, and neither does he, but the fact that people need to know that, um, because everyone's journey is different. Some people find great comfort going to the cemetery. Yep. So how did you come up with the solution to that? 
Well, we just, we discussed it more. I mean, quite frankly, last night, uh, my wife said, you know, at the dinner table, she said, I need to tell y'all something. We're like, okay. And she said, I, I need, I want to go to the cemetery sometime soon. Uh, you guys have any suggestions about when that would be good, right? And so we all chimed in. Even the five-year-old said a day, which, you know, all the days are the same to him, you know, but at least right. he had the space to say a day right. that might be good for him to go. And, you know, that conversation last night probably never would have happened if Bryce didn't say something several months ago about, I don't like to go all the time, right? Mm -hmm. If that conversation never happened, it would have been like, we're going to the cemetery tomorrow, right? Because you don't care what the child thinks, so you never ask what the child thought, right? So, um, so that's kind of how those conversations go now. But, you know, it, it wasn't a, hey, Bryce, do you like to go to the cemetery? Just out of the blue, he said, I have to tell y'all something. <laughs> and we said, okay. And so he said, the, you know, the thing about the cemetery. And that's kind of how a lot of the conversations happen. He just says, hey, I feel, or hey, I want to talk about it. And we talk about it. Now, one of the other things that he brought up in the book that I thought was very interesting is he said, um, you said, sometimes you may need to talk with someone other than your family. Yes, because you like, like, I like to talk to my family, but sometimes I just want to talk to different adults about it. Mm -hmm. And who would that adult, adult, number one adult outside of your family be? Um, a therapist or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And how is a therapist for you different than talking to a family member? Um, you don't know them and you're kind of stepping out your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I bet you that you don't have to worry about hurting their feelings. No. Does that make it easier for you to talk? Yes, it does. It, um... Because I can't really hurt their feelings unless they relate to that. Mm-hmm. So do you still talk to a therapist? No, not anymore. So how important is it sometimes to just be left alone? Um, it's, it's mostly important because sometimes I just want to let figure out myself. Because when I do that, then you know how to do that and you can do it more often. Okay, so let's talk about this because you have a section in the book of what you want the adults to know, and we talked about that. And then you have a section in the book about what you want kids to know. So you were six years old when your sister Alana died, right? Yes. And you were, were you uh, in school then? Yes, it was actually at school. It was at school. Okay, so how was it to go back to school? Um. I didn't go back to school, I don't think. Yeah, the, the accident happened right at the end of the school year. Okay. And after that, uh, they moved out here with us. So he started at a brand new school that next school year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you had, a whole, you had a whole new group of kids and you're feeling really sad. How, how, did, how did you tell the teachers that you're going through a bad time or how did you want the other kids to talk to you? So actually, um, 
I wanted my grandparents to tell them because I didn't feel like I could. So mm -hmm. they told it, told my teachers, and we just worked it from there. From if that they told them what to do, it they told my teacher what to do if that happened. Right. Yeah, we so, kind of worked out with the teacher because before Bryce came, um, we put them in kind of a smaller school. We wanted to be in a smaller school, smaller pond, mm -hmm. smaller class to kind of just have them get acclimated to the new area. Everything was new, right? Mm -hmm. And part of that process of us even putting them in that school, we thought it was only right to let the teacher and administration know that he's grieving, right? And how to work through that and, you know, what kind of things could we work through as a team to care for him? You know, he might miss us during the day and he might want to talk to us during the day. Is there a way where we can let that happen? If he feels sad or some kind of way, is there a way that he can go sit in the principal's office and just hang out and read a book or talk to the principal? And so all those things were worked out before the first day of school, right? So when we started to go pick him up, you know, week one, week two, week three, it would be like, oh, Bryce came and sat with me today. And that's all they had to say. And we knew that, okay, we need to talk to Bryce about how this day go. Was it sad? Was there any triggers? And so, and that's kind of just how we worked on it as a team to help care for him. That's a beautiful thing. That's one of the things when I go into schools, I say, you have to communicate. You have to communicate. You have to have a communication with the parents or grandparents of the child before they return to school, not after they're in school. You have to have a plan in place. And one of the things I encourage them is, do you have a safe space for these children to go? Because sometimes grief comes over you like a wave. And it could be something someone says, it could be a dress that someone has on that might've been something that your sister had, and it might just hit you in a way that is, it makes you sad and, and wanna cry. And, and, and you don't wanna cry because you're in front of all of your friends. Right. So to I have remember, that, uh, it, was, it was kind of funny that, uh, well not funny, ha ha funny, but we were at a birthday party and one of the parents approached me. I don't even think I've even told you this story yet. Um, but there was a little, they, they did these celebrations of life, right? Y'all didn't call yes. them birthday parties, call them yes. celebrations of life. And there was a little girl in the class that brought in her baby pictures because you bring in a picture of every year of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And this little girl brought in her pictures and Bryce said, oh, you look like my sister in that picture. Up until that point, none of the kids knew Bryce had a sister. Now, the administration knew, but the kids didn't know. And so I'm at a birthday party, and this parent approaches me. We had, you know, become kind of close to the kids. And they said, um, my daughter said something the other day, and I told her I don't think that's true. I said, okay, what was it? She said, well, at her birthday party, Bryce said, you look like my sister. He said, and I said, Bryce doesn't have a sister. I said, yeah, he did have a sister. And so in that moment, we're at a birthday party, and it's like, what do I do, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, Bryce did have a sister. She passed away and the whole thing. And she's like, oh, wow. And so she went home and had that conversation with her daughter, right, to help her understand Bryce did have a sister. And so now by the time Bryce's birthday came around, it was like little inklings of it or whatever else. And then Bryce had his celebration of life. And you can bring in your favorite pictures and stuff like that. He brought in a picture of his sister, Alana. And I went to that celebration because he wanted me there kind of as a 
support system for him. Mm -hmm. And he told the class about Alana. And he did it on his own and it went over very well. And yeah. I remember you you had to, you talked to your classmates a couple of other times about Alana. And yeah. you know, and so and kids would approach him about some things that they were dealing with. And so he's been kind of ministering to and you know and, and caring for and comforting other kids pretty much since he got out here. And so it's been kind of a amazing to watch that, you know. Mm -hmm. So Bryce, what is it that you want to tell other kids that might be grieving like you have been? I would say it's okay to cry because when you cry, it can make you feel better. Because if you, let's say you're, you're really sad one day, then you start crying, you get it all out and then you feel better right after it. Mm -hmm. What about if you're at school and you feel like you're crying? Um, before you cry, I think you should let someone know you're hurting as soon as possible so they can figure out what to do with about it. Oh, that's great advice. That's wonderful advice. You say that, um, sometimes, um, you wish other kids, there's certain things you wish other kids would ask you. Do you like people to ask you about your sister? Do you like to talk about your sister? Um, no, not really. No, Only like a few of my friends know that. Uh, well, no, not anymore. But um, well, if they knew once, they still know. So if you tell them, um, I guess so. Yeah, once you tell them, they know. Does it? Is it make you sad to talk about your sister now? Still? No, not not anymore. Well, that's good. So, what do you do to help other kids? deal with their grief maybe if they lost a grandfather or grandmother or uh, uh, an aunt or an uncle or even their pet um so i remember this one time where i was making facebook's live and my friend his dog had died and he was really sad so my teacher decided to watch my facebook live video mm -hmm. about it and my friend got kind of better each time no, we only watched one. He got better, and then um, I, I was able to help him through that. Well, that's wonderful. Why do you think it's important that you help other people? Because it's nice to know that I'm not alone, and if I help people, they won't have to go through the same things I had to go through. Or that it's okay that maybe they go through those same things and get it out but of their system they would have the tools to help. They would have the tools to be helped. Right. So what do you do now? Do you go into, do you talk to groups of kids and tell them about this stuff? No. No? You've I talked do? to the Sunday school class. Oh yeah. And we're working on <laughs> stuff like that. So you talk to Okay, well, yeah, I do. But I didn't think of that. I didn't, that was yeah. kind of a long time ago. That's okay. all right. Last month, I forgot. That's all right. Yeah, so but right you, now, uh, we're kind of, I mean, especially now with the new online everything, we're considering more stuff. But uh, previously, he was talking to different uh, Sunday school classes and, and kind of a church environment right. where he would read parts of his book and then answer questions from the kids. And we're working now with a couple of schools and maybe even do some grief groups for kids. We've been reached out to to ask about that but who knows now how soon something like that will happen with the you know COVID-19 and all that kind of stuff so but we're trying to figure out ways to 
get information in front of the kids and in front of parents. So even in this new online kind of world, we might even consider some things like that. Well, just for people not to know that they're alone and for children to know that they're not alone in their grief. So I do want to talk about one other thing because um, I don't think we have them where, where I live in, in my neck of the woods, and that is a grief camp. Tell us a little bit about grief camp because that seemed to be very helpful for you. I think kids should be have the option to go to grief camp. No what whether you have money or not. I think they should be able to go because grief is a hard thing. It would happen all the time. It mm -hmm. Happens every, basically every 2 seconds. Mm -hmm. And that's I think every kid should be able to have that, even adults because the camp I went to is called Camp Agape, and in the fall, in the summer, they had just a grief uh, kid camp where you would get a grown-up buddy. Then during the fall, the families would be able to come. So basically, I can't go twice to the summer one, but I've been able to go multiple times for the fall one. Just what to did they do? Yeah, what did they do at grief camp? Um, you talk about your feelings, and you kind of bunch it in with all that, the fun activities, you kind of, you, you do stuff and then you mix those together and to make a fun activity where you're remembering your loved one. So did you guys, so what was it? You did horseback riding? Yes. And you had to carry a bunch of different yes. balls to, to do what, what would that symbolize? That would symbolize your feelings. Then and that you can't carry everything by yourself. You need yes. to have somebody help you carry all those balls. Yes. And then you guys did a, Volcano kind of thing. What was yes, that about? um, for your to get all your emotions out. And uh, they did a little when you drew your body and you did some stuff. What was that? Oh, uh, that's also feelings. Yeah, feelings. But you showed where you hurt at yes, or where sir. you feel certain things at. Yes. Yeah. And I also did get a lot of lemonade. No, oh, I would lemonade. go back and forth to that same place where they had. Lemonade packets. I would get so much lemonade and bring it back to my um, my cabin. That made you feel good, huh? Yes. So let me ask you, where did you hurt when you were grieving? Where in your I, body did you hurt? I mostly hurt in my heart and my head. Mm-hmm. Because that was where um, I was processing things. Mm-hmm. And so once that happened, I was really sad and I had, I didn't know what to do the time. What other kind of feelings besides sad did you have? Um, I had mad. The day of it, I was really mad. Mm -hmm. Which kind of I talked about uh, before with uh, men's grief, that first emotion, even at the age of six, was anger. You know, it's just the, I don't know how in the psyche of the, the male psyche, where that's mm -hmm. But that's a that could be a great study, I guess. But yeah, that's just amazing that one of his first feelings was anger too on the day of the accident. Did you find yourself in the process of your grief that you would get angry a lot more than what you were normally? Um, yes, because normally I wouldn't really get upset, but when that happened, I was really upset. Mm -hmm. You would get upset afterwards and other things that maybe not would not make you usually make you upset you would get upset about that yes yeah so just little stuff would kind of get on your nerves and like angry upset or just upset you like sad upset a sad upset oh. yeah 
Well, so what made you decide to write your book? Um, what made me decide to write my book was my little sister passing away. Mm-hmm. And that just was really upsetting. And I just, um, after, after a few years, I just, me and my grandfather decided to make a book. So we started making a book and then we got it done in 2019. Well, earlier this year. Yeah, earlier this year. It was like, um, it kind of started off, it was the weirdest thing because I was doing these little Facebook live videos. Mm -hmm. And one day I'm putting together a video and he asked me, what are you doing tonight? I said, I'm doing a video. About what? About grief. What about grief? Helping grown, you know, adults talk about, he said, what? Why doesn't somebody do that for kids? And I'm like, I don't know. He said, I want to do that for kids. And so that next week we did a a testimonial video about Camp Agape. Mm -hmm. It went over very well. I mean, it was like, okay. And that happened to be like late October. November is National Children's Grief Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. So we decided to do a series of videos where kind of like what we're doing right now. He's the star. I kind of interview him and we talk about topics from a kid's point of view. Mm-hmm. And we called him what this kid wants adults to know about grief. And we did a, a series of videos. They went over very well. Um, he started getting calls to come speak at different things. And we would kind of go out and I would interview him in front of people. Mm-hmm. That's just how we would do it. Just a conversation that other people happen to watch. And we did a couple of events and people kind of started asking about a book and we're like, eh, we don't. and then we get home one day and my wife, BB, the kids call her BB. She's like, y'all should really think about doing a book. And so I transcribed all his videos and then we just kind of sat in the closet over the course of a couple of weekends and I would interview him. How you feel about this? Let's talk about that. And he would just go and go and go and go. And I transcribed all that and we put it out in front of him and, he would scribble through and say, hey, I want a little clown right here. I want a little thing right here. And, and the next thing you know, uh, it's a book. And so it's basically just his conversation, just him talking. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no rhyme or reason or flow per se. It's just him. You know, you, I mean, you've seen the book, so it's kind of just him. Right. Well, you know, what I like about it is that it's a great resource. And it's a great resource not for other, just for other children. It's a great resource for the people who love those children. And a great resource for their teachers and a great resource for their pastors and a great resource for their neighbors. It's just a great resource. So let's just talk about your book. Where can we get a copy of it? You can get a copy of it at www.thiskidsgrief.com or on Amazon. Okay, wonderful. That is uh, fantastic. So you did a great job, and I thank you for sharing with us here on the Grief Anonymous podcast, Bryce. Thank you for writing this book. I plan on talking about this book every time that I go into schools and do workshops. So, um, you know, that, that's a wonderful thing. And, um, and Bradley, thank you very much for all you're doing to help people heal through their grief journey as well. Yeah, thank you for having us. I mean, it's just real special that uh, that you guys have us here and just giving us the opportunity to share. You're welcome. Yep. Thanks again. 
I'm Sherry Dunleavy, and you've been listening to the Grief Anonymous podcast. For more information on today's guest, the Grief Anonymous program, or the Grief Resource Network, go to griefanonymous.com or griefresourcenetwork.com. For more information on my book, workshops, or talks, go to sherrydunleavy.com. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thanks for listening.